from the time for all ages this morning, you may get a sense that things are shifting, have shifted in this faith. It has been an ongoing journey, but we are at this moment. Unitarian Universalists practice a living faith of people on the journey toward wholeness. Our gray hymnal is titled Singing the Living Tradition, and the newer version is titled, the teal hymnal, is titled Singing the Journey, on a journey toward wholeness as a living tradition. In the works are a new hymnal I hear. I'm not sure when it will be published. Built into the 33 pages of the UUA bylaws is the mandate that Article 2, the principles and purposes, must be revisited every 15 years. So seriously do we take that we are a living tradition. The Article 2 Study Commission has been working on this since 2020. They have offered opportunities for individuals to share their thoughts several times. The Article 2 draft has been presented, feedback has been solicited, and given it's been revised, drafts and proposals and wordsmithing and amendments have been and are being made. The vote will happen at this year's General Assembly, which will be online. We may be moving, if the vote goes, from the principles that we've had to these values that are not always, um, you know, <laughs> that are sort of always still in process, right? <laughs> I got to get better tape. <laughs> we've had no less than four sermons that included the changes to Article 2 in the UUA bylaws. And this is not a sermon that's going to focus exclusively on Article 2, but it has to be mentioned because this Unitarian Universalist faith that we choose to practice is a living tradition. It changes over time. We hold our history, but we aren't trapped by it. Aren't we all living traditions, though? Think about how you've changed over time. You're not the same as you were, depending on how old you are, as you were in 1961 when the Unitarian Universalist Association formed, or 1983 or 85 when those, the first version of those principles came about, or in 2004 or four years ago even, or even four months or maybe a month or two. I would hope that the last eight years and certainly the last four years would have changed all of us, at least some, hopefully, for the better. My friend, the Reverend Nell Newton, was born the same year that the Unitarians and Universalists became Unitarian Universalists and formed the UU Association. She talks about how she was 22 when a version of the principles was adopted, and she has a great visual for why we should um, change and have new things and move from these principles that we have now to the values. She says that in, when she was 22, she was rocking those parachute pants that she used to wear. But 40 years later, she's not still wearing those same pants. And what about you? 
whatever age you are, think back to 5, 10, 20, 40 years ago or months ago. Think about how you've changed, how you are a living tradition, how you have evolved. Someone said to me this week, I'm not the same as I was four years ago. Are any of us? We aren't wearing the same clothes that we were then, probably. I still have a few pieces that I go back to every now and then, but not uh, parachute pants. <laughs> what is it for you? What comes to mind when you think about where you were then? Big 80s hair, 90s scrunchies, apparently they're back in, leisure suits. You can go back to the vestibule if it feels less um, like you're on display. <laughs> you just go to the back and hang, it's fine. We change. We're a living tradition of human life. Our cells change, our, our, they renew, they refresh, they die out, they grow back. Our bodies change, our minds change. The metaphorical clothes no longer fit. We grow deeper in our understanding and wider perhaps in the meaning that we make of the world. The world has changed and we change with it. That's why I'm excited that Article 2 will take the form of values now. It incorporates all of the principles. You heard those today, but it gives us a chance to experience this faith in a different way and to deepen our understanding of it. Already there are things that are being created. There's something called Jet Pig. We're going to introduce that later. Not today, so stay tuned. But lots of creativity, new materials, ways of thinking can come forward from this. The question is, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be now? Who do you want to be now? I've heard more than one person recently say, talk about how things were. 60 years ago. Can you believe it's been that long when there was such forward movement? People were working for civil rights, women's rights, and soon after the rights of the LGBTQ plus community, making such progress toward equality. It's hard to see all that has been accomplished and think that the progress, also known as rights, is eroding away, especially when many Unitarian Universalists throughout history were at the forefront of those movements. But we still can be there. We still have a place in the world, all of us here in this room. Now our task is to look to the future of our world and who we are called to become. What is the new work that we must do? Who do we want to be? Paula Gribble is a 
Unitarian Universalist Director of Lifespan Religious Education in Charlotte. And she writes, just like everything in the world, we must change with the changing times, a living tradition, one that continues to change, grow, build, and rebuild. It's one of the key things that you Unitarian Universalists offers that other faith traditions may not. We are not stuck in the words of yesteryear. We are not held accountable for long lost prophets or tied down by a creed or bound to one ancient text. We are accountable for our actions, set free with our beliefs and bound by humanity and love. The great James Luther Adams, sometimes called the father of liberal religion, said this, Religious liberalism depends on the principle that revelation is continuous. Our religious tradition is a living tradition because we are always learning new truths, new truths about ourselves and new truths about this faith. It reminds me of a quote I've carried with me since my 20s. It has not gone out of style for me. Open in me a place hospitable to angels sent to wrestle some new truth from my reluctance. Open in me a place hospitable to angels sent to wrestle some new truth from my reluctance. Angels come in many forms. You can define that however you want to. Who do we want to be? What is the new work that the world needs? Who are we as individuals now and as a faith community? Congregations work to discern why they exist and consider what kind of difference they are called to make in this world. We're doing this with our Living the Mission work, and in the coming weeks, you'll have more opportunities to weigh in on how you want us to be the possibilities you see, the vision you have for who we as you use are in this community. Reverend Dr. Bill Sinkford spoke recently at the Martin Luther King Jr. service at Cedar Lane UU in Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. King wrote and spoke about the church and religious community, he says, and he didn't always speak about it kindly. Most of the religious community when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was alive, were not supportive of his work and his ideas. They said, Martin, you've gone too far. Reel it in. But Martin Luther King Jr. called the church and the synagogue and the mosque and the gudwara and the temple, and he set forth a call. He said, when the religious community is doing its job, it is a moral guardian of the society. a moral guardian of the society. He said that the religious community should be headlights pointing the way toward the beloved community, not taillights looking toward the past and all of the shortcomings of the past. But instead, religious communities point the way. We are called to proclaim and promote and defend that vision of a vibrant, hopeful, creative, pluralistic society, a multiracial and a multi-religious society, 
a beloved community in which our differences are known as blessings and not curses. Our particular identities and cultures and practices, writes Sinkford, those things that make us who we are, our engagement with one another as a source of creative strength, sparking creativity as we engage. Our various colors and cultures are not a problem. They are the doorway to a solution. Bill Sinkford, beloved community is not just about what we build in here. It's mostly about what we build out there in conjunction with the larger world and the larger Loudoun community. The beloved community is everyone. I will confess to you that I have found interfaith work, multi-religious work to be difficult most of the time. And I'm a minister. But it's even more difficult since, since mid-October. Living with a Jewish man who also happens to be a UU minister, a person who carries the Holocaust in his cells, not to mention what it was like for him growing up, has been moving hard. I know many of you feel this too. I've heard your stories. You carry that identity. You have loved ones in harm's way. You're a Palestinian descent. All the while you watch what is happening every day and the complete evisceration of families, every single member. There's so much nuance and the situation is oh so complicated. I've seen relationships torn apart over a litmus test of words that must or must not be used. I've been told that if I disagree with what Israel is doing, then I am anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic. That if I don't call for a ceasefire, a person will no longer speak to me. I can call for a ceasefire, but I think it's pretty clear that they aren't listening, especially to me. Words have been set up as a litmus as a test for which side I am on. No, thank you. I am on the side of the people. Who do we want to be? Let us be on the side of the people and the planet. Let us be on the side of love. Sinkford says we must condemn the current political violence here at home, the harassment, the swatting and the threats. We talk about the need to return to civility among us, but let us at least stop the harm. Let us work to stop the harm at a minimum. We cannot allow violence and intimidation to become our political norm. We must condemn both anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Our task as religious people is not to take sides, our task is to insist that there is a better way. That is our task. We can condemn the violence on October 7th. We can condemn the violence in Gaza. More violence is not the path to peace. 
not the path to justice, and not the path to anyone's safety. The end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is beloved community. This is love, big L love, working in our lives. This is the love that may be our salvation, the love at the center of this faith. This love is a choice, a choice we have to make because of our faith. Perhaps it is the only choice that can save us now. Bill Sinkford and MLK and a little bit of me. So I invite you now to take this question with you. Who would love have us be? Who would love have us be in these days? Your response matters here to that question. I invite you to take it with you and ponder it in your heart and bring it back here, returning again in love. Blessed be and amen.